Hey guys, you are at the Ensigns Podcast. Sam is in the background, but before we roll this episode, wanted to make sure that you knew about something that we were doing here at Ensigns. We are opening the archive. This feels like a key moment, as you'll see or hear in the episode to follow, to ask Jesus how he would like to use the resources that he set under authority. One of those for us is a few thousand magazines sitting in a warehouse. Right now, people are stuck at home. Right now, people need to see Jesus. And Ansons is built to do that for young men. So, if you are an Ansons subscriber, you can send any back issue for just the media mail rate of $2.80. To the young guy who you know who's panicking, or even the guy in his 30s who just needs some direction or something to show up in his mailbox. So the code is JOYBOMB, all caps, one word, JOYBOMB. And if you are not a subscriber, well, that is fixable. (laughs) You could subscribe and send free magazines, or you could ask your friend who is a subscriber to send one to you. Both are legitimate, but the spirit is... Let's get generosity out there, and we'll include a little card letting whoever it is that you send the magazine know why they are getting something they didn't order in the mail. So listen to the episode, consider generosity in the realm of your authority, and get to it. In order for shame to be rendered powerless in our lives, we must be witness. We must be seen. Your gifting is going to seem like things that are just very obvious. They're going to seem like, well, everybody can be this welcoming. Everybody can see that moment where I just saw it. It's going to feel like anybody could do it. And that's what makes it your gifting. Watch how people avoid the face of somebody in need or asking who makes you uncomfortable. Every one of those faces reveal God. We have to remember our past and recount the things that God has done for us. And then that gives us faith to keep going to where he wants us to be. Guys, welcome back to the Ensigns Podcast. I am Blaine. And I'm Sam. And we are still coming to you, which is the remarkable thing. In spite of the global pandemic in spite of all the regional fear and concern, uh, podcasts are still showing up. This is amazing to me as someone who listens to podcasts. So just like to say to the other podcasters out there. What a time to be alive. Wow. Thank you all for still recording so I can hear your voice in a time of loneliness. Right. Can we just say, I'm in my garage, you're in your shed, and this is truly bizarre, but we know that you're listening and you're journeying with us. And so into this context, we have shifted away from the podcast should be evergreen to, no, we need things that apply to my world right now. Yes. It's giving us the opportunity, me especially, to sort of eat my words from that podcast a while ago and go, here's a real-time opportunity to be more committed to asking Jesus for instructions than the principles that we set for ourselves that seemed really in line with where God was leading, mm-hmm, but now mm-hmm. seem to not apply. Today's image comes to you from Avatar The Last Airbender. 
A great show you should consider watching with all of your free time. I've actually recommended that to someone. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I'm sort of joking, but I'm serious. There is a scene where the disgraced prince of the Fire Nation, the sort of antagonist nation in the show, whose name is Zuko, ends up in a hand-to-hand combat duel with the admiral of this massive fleet. And as soon as the battle starts, he's facing this seasoned warrior, and it's the no battle plan survives contact with the enemy line, where the first thing that happens is he is utterly disoriented. He, like, can't decide upon a strategy of attack, and everything he's trying to do is just getting blown up. But fortunately, over in his corner, he has his wise Uncle Iroh, the sage figure in the show, who, kind of like a an aide to a boxer, is yelling from the side, return to your basics, Zuko. Go to your basics. And I went, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, that is for us right now. Wait, but how does the duel go? Oh, Zuko, Zuko eventually wins. He wins because of his basics, right? He wins because... He returns, what are the simple, the first principles that you fall back on? Because wherever we are and whatever has happened in the five days between right now and when this podcast comes out, there is a perpetual sense of disorientation. Yeah. Something that I've been thinking about is one of our basics, one of our things that we've mentioned before is that that pull to try and blow past the things that seem inconvenient or seem like they're in the way to the rest of your life. Like there, there are mundane tasks and sometimes people and sometimes seasons that you just want to blast through. And one of our principles is that those moments may actually be the point. It might not be in the way. And the example I've used a lot is the days I've had with my kids where it's slow, they're young, it's awkward, and I just kind of want to get through it to nap time or putting them down or those sorts of moments where I get like, quote unquote, my life back. I realized that that thought had crept in. It was really horrible. And one of my pulls is to be like, no, no, no. Those moments are the point. They're not something to be gotten through. And what are things that help orient me to the point in moments like this? What are, what are the basics that are actually going to be giving us the right orientation and the right health and the right pacing for life these days, crisis or not? Oh my gosh, yes. It reminds me that in the kingdom, the practice is always with live ammunition. There's actually a trend in education that's picked up on this that goes, wow, people don't actually seem to be able to learn apart from doing. This seems to apply everywhere. Jesus is just very on top of it from the beginning. But I could show you a diagram of a brake rotor and explain how to change the pads. And it may do you a little good, but it won't do you anything like the good that inviting you over to change my pads will do and explaining. You learn by doing, and the kingdom works that way. Jesus and the disciples, it's like, oh yeah, 
really pray for that guy. Really try to cast out that demon. Really try to walk out the consequences of a miracle. And it's a fascinating reframe to go, this is a real crisis. This is a real pandemic. And it is also practice because as a student in the kingdom, all of the practice happens in real time. Mm, It's really good. I'm embarrassed of how quickly I shut down or I don't press in because what is happening is different than what I imagined. And we've talked about this in the past when it comes to certain friendships or a mentor or an adventure. Adventure sounds really nice until it actually comes. And when it's your car breaking down or the fuel pump went out on my motorcycle, we were scouting for the film and we're up in the mountains looking around going, wait, the trip that I thought was the adventure now can't happen. And what we have to do is get off of this mountain. So I ended up riding this motorcycle off the mountain just by coasting it. And that was genuine adventure. But when it comes, like we're looking for something else, we're thinking of something else. And so there's often this pushback to, no, what I wanted was a mentor who looked like Gandalf, or what I wanted is a friend who was fully mature and never failed, or what I wanted was an adventure that met my particular criteria of adventure. And the actual thing really reveals for me all of those young places that don't like it and like the idea of it. So we're in a crisis moment and I find myself going, oh, I don't want to do those practices. I want to eat lots of bread with butter and drink lots of beverages that make me feel nice, which is kombucha at the moment. I, I was going to say, your bevies have been really constricted. <laughs> they have been, yeah. Fortunately, I homebrew my own kombucha, so that helps. Like I find myself going to soothing and shutting down because it doesn't line up with what I thought it would. And I, I want to be calling out myself as well as anybody else that responds that way of, it doesn't always look the way you think. And we're still called to action and practice and doing, even if it feels mm, like not what we were expecting. Oh my gosh. It makes me think again of sort of what are the gross motor movements of the disciple? Meaning in combat training, you can learn complex block, wrist lock, takedown moves. And unless you are a UFC fighter practicing for hours every day, they're not very helpful. So what they mostly teach, you know, first responders, police officers, soldiers, is when you go to the basics, what are the first principles, gross motions that you're going to do? Because in the chaos of a fight... It's not enough to know an overhead block and an outside block and a downward block. You sort of have to know, hunch your body, arms in front, attack at an angle, get low. There is a similarity right now where, can we just talk about how freaking disorienting? It almost feels like every day has its own, Mm -hmm. is this a civilization-destroying disease or Is this a potentially bad disease and a pandemic of fear? Like, whatever your narrative is, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's hard to pick out the narrative when you're like, this is serious, this is real, but this is not the end of the world. And then you go into the grocery store and the shelves are empty. (laughs) Right. No, I've been using the metaphor of going for a run and you don't know how far you're running to describe the atmosphere these days. 
When you go for a three-mile run and you're expecting to go for a two-mile run, that last unexpected mile is so difficult. But if you're going for a five-mile run, you'll blow through mile three without thinking about it. Like Things get difficult when we anticipate them to, but we don't know when or how or like what's difficult or how long it's going to be. All of those things, this is actually something they do for the special forces for the army. There's one of their like, like final challenges. They have them rock up and just start running. They pull them out, you know, some terrible hour of the morning and they inflict on them the mental suffering, the mental torture of, I don't know how long this is going to continue. And this is something that they do for special forces. So you're like, you guys, if this, if this moment feels disorienting, that actually has a toll that can be as dramatic as the tolls of literally not being able to go get groceries or not being able to go attend a family member's funeral or the neighbor next door who's violence being home all day. Like there's, there's some real tangible difficulty. I would also put that stress of the unknown in there. So true. The uncertainty, the unknown, psychologically, is on your soul. Pretty destructive. So the invitation here is, what would I do if I went, okay, Jesus, I am going to view this as real practice of the first principles of living as a person of action in the kingdom. Ready? Here's number one. All hell breaks loose. You have to go back to first principles. The first principle is your union with God. What are you doing to stay rooted in just an experience of the goodness of God? And we've hit this on multiple podcasts. I I think of wise older saints that I've talked to have gone, oh yeah, there are lots of times in crisis where I get through sort of my morning routine, prayer, reading scripture, whatever it is, and then realize all I've done is clear enough debris away that I could do my morning routine and I Mm. start over again. And Martin Luther, as things intensified in the Reformation, had this incredible observation where he went, my task has now become so demanding, I can't pray less than three hours a day. Mm. We won't live beyond our union with God. What we have to offer the world is God. So if you're rushing out without somehow anchoring your soul, you are leaving your contribution to the world at home. Mm. I found it really difficult, but Em and I have a morning prayer that we do together while our daughter makes noise and tries to distract us. And So while she is? While she's just a little girl and family life is happening and we've had to sort of do it and then get through and then do some version of it again. And then go, okay, this is taking additional concentration, additional effort to go. My first principle, where do I remind myself of God's nature and connect? Mm-hmm. Okay, so actual practicals for that. Like, let's just flush some of that out. I'm aware that I have more time to self-manage than I've had in many years. I like I am all the way back to maybe like my first semester in college when I get to decide whether or not I go to class. You know, for some people, that wasn't a choice. For me, it was always a choice. 
Is it a day for class? Is it a day for not class? And I'm aware that in that space, they can actually feel like a vacuum choosing towards union, choosing towards God can actually be one of the first things that get sacrificed. It's this conundrum of having all of this unstructured time that people who work from home or have been unemployed for some time know the deep pain of. Like It yes. is difficult to structure a day and feel well and healthy by the end of it. And so to begin the day with union, whatever that looks like, however else you seek God in the day, begin with some practice of giving our attention to and feeling grounded in who we are, who he says he is, and our union with him. There's been a lot of folks using the One Minute Pause app. There's some great prayers on the Ransom Heart app. Like I've been journaling again. Hey, for those of you guys who've been listening for a while, that was one of the things I was hoping I was going to do more of. And Way to go. I also want to put in, have grace for when it doesn't happen because there's just the perfectionist in me wants to nail it immediately and be like, okay, so union, yes, going to do this. Going to like, going to sit down, going to pray, going to read, going to do some meditation, some something. And when there is nothing on your immediate schedule, there's everything to distract you. Like it doesn't make sense. It feels like when you've got a whole day, you should like be able to walk through it. And you're like, wow, that's amazing. I made myself tea. I do all these things. But it's like the jam metaphor we've talked about. When you can choose anything, it becomes really difficult to choose one thing. And so it's like being in the woods with your thoughts. You're going to start hearing every Katy Perry song from 2007 back in your head. Yes, you will. And I'm encouraging you to put remember your basics on your mirror. Your father, your sage, who is with you in this, is calling out to you as you practice. You are not alone in this disorientation. Okay, union with God. What are some of the things there? And I would just name a couple. I would go, the things that you love. And then i tie the next one right underneath it, which is, <laughs> you have a father who loves you, who is deeply concerned about the life of your heart, and go, okay, before you make another phone call to another friend, before you read another article, check in. How is your heart doing? Where are you feeling the cost? Because you might not be doing well in a way that needs to be addressed in the process of recovering some connection with God. Em and I, we got sick the week before this really swept Colorado. Mm-hmm. So There were no cases in Colorado. You guys just got the normal right. flu season flu. And we were finally getting better. And then, you know, the social isolation restrictions came in and things started to lock down. And I went, wow, just the cost of my body of not being around people and being touched, uh, making eye contact, like digital connection is amazing. It's also draining. And I've had to go to things like music and aroma therapy to go, <laughs> my body is not designed to be isolated from other people. Mm-hmm. So how can I do a backyard or living room workout and put some clove or frankincense on my wrists and smell it and go, my body might need some addressing. Maybe I need to go for a run, not read the Bible. Yeah. Something we've talked a lot about is that your body matters. 
there's not just the physical reality. There is the impact of the spiritual and mental atmosphere that actually is contributing to the sense of disorientation and confusion and fragmentation. And so as I'm talking about body, we just had last week, Scott Morin and Mandy Nelson talking about God providing and that El Shaddai language that still applies. And so in the context here, I go to yes, exercise, yes, oils, yes, music. And as we are rationing food and maybe groceries are tight right now, that is still a way that you experience plenty. And if you haven't listened to the generosity podcast, we did talk about this there. I'd go back and listen to that one. But my mind goes in this moment to dad's adamance on chopping our own garlic. This is that metaphor again of the food isn't in the way or the food shouldn't be a place where you experience abandonment and that uncertainty, even if it's less, even if it's simple, even if you're not someone who likes to cook at home and now you're sort of forced to, don't see that as a thing to try and blast through because, well, you've got a lot of time on your hands. And I have found myself going, like, actually enjoy this and pay attention to the, the smells as I'm making the thing and the ways that I can either medicate or care for my well-being through food and how that is actually all part of the same narrative. That's all part of the same narrative of I have enough, I can offer from this place. And (laughs) it sounds so bizarre, but you making your own dinner could actually be working on places where you don't feel like you are a son and you should. That's so good. (laughs) Remember your basics. Union with God. Next, your own heart. You cannot take other people places you're not going. It's the fascinating thing of on airplanes where they say, put on your own oxygen mask, then help people around you. Because they know that if you try to help someone in the course of doing it pass out, now you have two people down. When I was doing incident response in wilderness survival scenarios, avalanche, high angle rescue, things like that, you have to keep yourself safe or you will add to the problem. Mm. And the crazy, aggressive enforcing of boundaries, lifeguards sometimes have to hold people underwater who are in aquatic distress until they stop trying to drown the lifeguard. (laughs) Yikes. Listen, the world might be like that. And that second thing on your list is my own heart. I cannot lead people where I am not personally going. Mm -hmm. And so checking in, Where is the cost for you? Mm. Where is the cost? Is it relationship? Is it fear? Is it the spiritual craziness going on? Em and I just had to name the other night. One of the costs is losing some key support in the final stages of pregnancy, Mm -hmm. where some of our care team can't come over. We can recover, but for us... False comparison was getting in the way where we just went, you know, this is going to hit people living in poverty way harder than us. So soldier on. But it went, oh, we are dismissing our own hearts. Therefore, we know that we'll dismiss the hearts of other people. So we have to return to where's the cost for you? Mm. (laughs) Next one. And maybe three is sufficient. 
And by the way, we could call this podcast, what were the first mistakes that I made when it became clear that the pandemic was serious? And I went, well, I didn't think very seriously about my union with God. And I didn't watch out for my own heart, knowing that I couldn't offer people what I did not have. And also, I didn't ask Jesus very much about my response. And there's a, <laughs> there's a fascinating, I'm going to return to crisis here. There's a concept in a car accident or a fire where the most trained or the ranking person on the scene becomes the incident commander. So let's say there's a car accident and I run over and I'm the first one there. Well, because I'm a wilderness responder, I am incident commander until literally anyone else shows up with any training. And then my role is just do the things I would normally do. And for me, there was a kind of scrambling of, what should I do? What should I do? And it took Jesus going, what have you been doing? What are your instructions for this season? All I had to do was check in and go, are you changing those? Mm. Right? Because, you know, I went, should I be calling people and rallying support for the lower income neighborhoods? Is that my mission? It very well could be, but ask. Mm. It may be that your assignment hasn't changed. Right. I remember the conversation we had with the Free Burma Ranger, Dave Small, where he talked about your community is the people that you will feed and fight for. Mm. And Emma and I had to ask, okay, Jesus, how much authority do we have to pray about the pandemic? Mm. And he was like, oh, not very much. Not in ways that you wouldn't pray already. And we went, where do we have authority? And he just listed the people, a very small list of people who are already priorities to us before this happened. Right. Okay, reel back in, reel back in. The lack of boundaries is difficult in this, where if I hear that a distant friend has suffered a loss, I will reach out to them. Well, everybody is going through a crisis. And so, I don't know about you, but I have received more communication from more people in the last couple of weeks than I would by a long shot otherwise. You know, I haven't. I just, I've been hissing too much, you know, <laughs> as I... Piss my way towards glory. I uh, <laughs> done a good job at keeping people back. So that, that's, I'm glad you've had people reaching out to you. If the fruit isn't, you've been trying to carry them all. Well, unfortunately, the fruit has been, I'm spending more time thinking about people who I love, but who aren't really in my world. The fact that you could reach out to anyone because everybody has a problem right now is a problem. Yeah. You can ask God. Don't run and try to become the incident commander, that person exists out there. Mm. You probably have authority in a sphere that looks a lot like the sphere you had before. And mm -hmm. you can ask God because he may change that. Yeah, it's so good. This whole conversation really has been evoking to me our old karate classes, probably because of the story from Avatar at the beginning. But in the martial arts, you work on muscle memory. You work on a block a defensive move over and over and over again until your body does it without you thinking. And that is what we're trying to do with the basics. Oh, well, I'm always going towards union. And so in crisis, I just am doing my muscle memory. I am going to union and I'm going to 
soul care and I'm going to continue in offering and, and asking Jesus if that has changed, which it, it very well might have. And the opposite is true, that your reaction in the last couple of weeks is revealing your actual muscle memory. It's revealing where you have probably been responding a lot the last 20 to 50 years. And we go, oh, if you went to stress eating or if you found yourself feeling really abandoned or if there's a lot of stress, like there's a, there's a learned and practiced response there that I want to offer without condemnation because I'm in the middle of that myself. I, I am also aware of my muscle memory going, oof, okay, my muscle memory is towards trying to get through things and trying to hunker and self-protect in the many ways that that takes and to go, ooh, okay. That's a very honest interpretation and evaluation of that, of that reaction. If it had been that I responded a different way, I could maybe share something awesome where it's like, oh, I just normally do my three hours of prayer in the morning, but that's not the case. And so this is a moment to be invited to practice the basics and to begin once again, framing that muscle memory. Yes. I feel like a basketball player who went out and tried to lay up and hit myself in the face, just threw the basketball at the, at the rim and it just bounced right back. And oh, it was like, Oh, speaking of basketball oh. there, I, there was this one time in high school, I got the breakaway, had it all to myself, went for the layup and literally jammed the basketball between the hoop and the backboard. And it was like, here it is. It's your moment. Wow. Your muscle memory sucks. Uh, well, no condemnation for how hard it's been. Right. Reframing into this is training. And here's sort of the cool part. Go back to your basics, your union with God, checking in on your own heart, and then your assignment and just go, where have you already held authority and ask Jesus if he's changing it? Cause he may, but in the realm where you exercise authority, we've been trying to tell our friends, this is really remarkable because people's hearts are more on the surface right now and need is more visible in a way that opens doors for Jesus. And I went, listen, this is crazy. But I have friends who are managing the networking of the church in this city to meet needs. That's amazing. That is not my role, though I think I would feel cool if I had it. I have a couple families that Jesus has made clear our priorities right now. And it's been like, what is my contribution? Some friends of ours just had a baby. You better believe I'm grocery shopping for them. Some other friends, you know, have kids at home and are pretty locked down. And I'm thinking, what are ways that are consistent with sort of best practices right now that we can help. And we've gone, hey, do you guys want to go on a socially distant bike ride? Whoever you are who sent us that tag along bike, that's a godsend and is so awesome. Thank you. If you listened this far, super clutch because Ailish is attached to my bike now. So she can't like wander and rub her face on other kids. (laughs) Uh, But we can invite them on a bike ride. We can send friends of ours pictures of things that we're making with cardboard. Returning my attention to my sort of sphere of influence and assignment, there are a lot of very cool things to be done. Yeah. And in that, I also want to be drawing attention to 
those moments and those choices aren't in the way until normal life can start back up again. Those are the point of everything. And so to be just giving that the dignity of like, I don't know, you're not, you're not on pause waiting for life to start again. That is happening right now. And those choices are the point of everything. Exactly. It is such a reframe to go. This is not some massive incursion of destruction into God's otherwise sovereign presence. Meaning, this is not get through this and get back to your story. Right. This is a real life, live ammunition, training opportunity that Jesus is totally going to use in your maturation as a young man without condemnation and with a lot of mercy to fail and try. But in it, we just have the remarkable opportunity Mm -hmm. to apply Mm -hmm. our basics in a real emergency. And that's something that will cultivate a life with God. 